The NBA is on TuneIn, streaming NBA games around the globe. It's time to bring you the confrontational front court of Michael Rappaport and Kenyon Martin. Oh, sends it home. This is Two Men Weave on the NBA on TuneIn, your home for the NBA Finals. Ah, yes. We're back. Kenyon Martin, Michael Rappaport, the NBA on TuneIn. They uh, they call us the Confrontational Two, uh, better known as the Two Man Weave. Been here with Kenya Martin. They call him Kmart. Yeah. Uh, my name is Michael Rappaport. Um, it's all NBA everything. We could uh, go we, into life. Yeah, we stray away sometimes. Yeah, life, love, and uh, you know, just the meaning of uh, the everyday thing. Um, how you feeling, Kmart? I'm marvelous, man. Had a good had a good show today. Yeah. Um, Spoke on a few topics on the on the tube today, so now me and you about to get into some some things similar, but a little different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You <clears> said <throat> you were talking about uh, um, Shaq rating himself. Yeah, he rated himself third um, third best center of all time. I, I you know what? Uh, first of all, when when did we ever know Shaquille O'Neal to be humble? Uh, number two. Uh, I can't argue with him. He, if he had yeah, said number said one, maybe, yeah, he was being too modest at rating. Or um, was he being too modest at rating himself third? But um, I, uh, he was basing on rings, right? It was rings. Um, so he had uh, he had Bill number one, right? Of course. Uh, um, he had Kareem two, right? He had himself three. Uh, I yeah. He could have shuffled Pat, that around. Yeah, Pat, you in seven? Why are you laughing, Pat? <laughs> Pat ain't got no ring. Pat ain't got right. He had it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, um, he had Elijah one, um, right? After. After himself, and uh, he had Elijah one fifth, and then he had Moses on there on his list, I, I believe. Yeah. Or no, he had yeah. Wilt. Wilt. Wilt was um above um Elijah one. Wilt was fourth. Elijah one was fifth. Right. So um yeah, just based on rings, I think um I, I don't have a problem with it. I played against Shaq. Um, what, 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 what was force, that like, man? man? I mean, when you were, you're 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 playing against Shaq, Shaq, obviously you played the four, but I'm yeah. sure sometimes you had to hold him. Yeah. You're a strong dude. Not you're a big strong. dude. Not that strong. Not I that mean, big. <laughs> that, that's the thing. Like, playing against Shaquille O'Neal, you know, it's like a different... Yeah, it's a different monster, man. So um, what What was that like? Yeah, they put they put rules in because of Shaq. <laughs> Explain. Like certain certain post-up rules, things they are outlawed from the game, man, um, because of him. Um, they had changed the rules, man, and he was a dominant force, a force to be reckoned with night in, night out. Um I remember we played him in the finals, um, my first finals with New Jersey, and everybody was Kobe this, Kobe that. No, it was Shaq. Like, we had no answer for him. Uh, he averaged like 35 and, or 36 and like 15 or 16 or something in four games. They swept us. But, um, yeah, he's a young athletic Shaq, mm. and, and he was making free throws against us. And that's, yeah, that's that was impressive. When you're in the post mm-hmm. against Shaquille O'Neal, yeah. Like, is it just with with somebody like you with your matchup? If you get caught with with him, and like I said, you know you're a four, but you become like almost like a, like a two against Shaq. Like he's so big, so strong, so athletic. When you're in the post mm-hmm. against him, are you trying to just use your your, your footwork and your speed? Because you, there's no sense trying to body yeah, him yeah, up, yeah, right? No, strength for strength, you're going to lose every time. Period, right? Yeah, you're going to lose every time. Going how how strong shape. was he compared to like every single person? Could he get? Position as low as he wanted, yeah, whatever yeah, he yeah, wanted. Yeah, that's why they changed the rules. They didn't just let him bully and push guys out the way to get to where he wanted to get to. Right. Because there's nothing anyone could do. Literally. No one. There's one one person maybe in history that I could think of since we well well my time playing, 
um, that had that could have even remotely did anything with him. Um, the, uh, the, um, was it Jihadi White? Okay, uh, he was a big guy, right? Physically strong, but um, <clears throat> but other than that, man, uh, I I really don't see anyone that was in his generation and this generation or the one before <laughs> that could do anything with Shaq. When when you guys are game planning against Shaq, like. And you, you yeah. all these things are obvious, and and you know you're you, you lose one game, mm-hmm. you lose two games. Like, is it demoralizing in, in that series when you when you were with the Nets, the New it, Jersey Nets? Yeah, you still got to go out and play the game. Right, that's the beauty of you still got to go out and play the games. Um, you think you have a chance, um, but yeah, like he uh, he had his way with us, man. Technically, uh, really, um, he he demanded the ball, and um, and when we decided to double team him at times, he's a he's a he's a willing passer and right. an excellent passer. So then he just picked us apart. You know, um, we tried to let him play one-on-one. That didn't work. Tried to double-team him. That didn't work. Right. So now what do you do? You know, um, so we were forced to to play one-on-one a lot. And he had his way with our bigs. Um, we had a young Jason Collins. We had Aaron Williams. Aaron Williams was strong. Uh-huh. But, but not tall enough. Right. You know, um, if he had I haven't heard more, I haven't even thought about Aaron Williams If he had a, a little more height on him, um, it would have been good. But, you know, Aaron's is at best 6'8". Six seven, six eight at best, strong as ox. But yeah, when you're dealing with size, height, and strength, um, yeah, Shaq is the most dominant player ever. And 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 a young Kobe in the, in that series. Yeah, and he 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 did his thing. Um, Kobe did his thing, but it was guys like Devin George and um, Derek Fisher and Robert Ory and those guys making timely threes. Right. Rick Fox, you know, what I'm right. saying? those guys making timely threes and. You know, we double teaming Shaq and them hitting them guys, and they swing, swing, and they knocking them shots down. They wasn't missing, man. So that was what it was. Um, we had a tough time. Did you did you see a uh, Shaq statue outside of Staples? Yeah, I wonder who else they gonna put out there now. They might they go. <laughs> they got a whole crew out. <laughs> they got there. a whole crew now. They go. Hey, Nick Van Exel, Eddie Jones. They got a. Hey, the, the only person go down I, the list. The, the only person that I I, I question, not mm-hmm. that he wasn't great, yes. but Oscar De La Hoya. And I, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a De La Hoya fan, but I just don't know how he much he did at yeah. Staples as yeah. a boxer. I know he's L.A., but like I could get, I could get a statue of him in L.A., but why him at Staples? That's yeah. the only one because Jerry West, you got to put him. Yeah, Kareem's statue is beautiful with the sky hook, and obviously Gretzky's out there for hockey. You got to put Irvin. Magic, got to put him. EJ the DJ, yeah, um, and then Shaq, and then Kobe's, Kobe's next. next. He's definitely next. Um, what, what, now, you played against Kobe. Here's yeah. my question. Uh-huh. If you are the designer of a Kobe statue, what position do you have him in? Do you have him back to the ball? He did the fadeaway. Like, what would be like the iconic position? Like Magic, they sort of have him field field generating. Shaq, he's hanging on the ring. Goon Duncan. What would be like the sh- the Kobe position? If you were designing this statue, you're on the court. You played against him. What's the most visual thing you could think of when it comes to Kobe? Uh, maybe I'm proud of that question, Kenyon. Yeah, sure, that's a great question. Um, maybe his, uh, uh, maybe his turnaround jumper. Uh, they were, uh, they can't picture the, they can't capture the whole turnaround thing. But I'm thinking maybe a jump shot, or maybe him celebrating the third championship. Uh, with the one of those, I don't know. But it's, um, he has some classic moments. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he he's emerged from the shadows of of retirement this week. <laughs> seeing him, uh, you know, doing doing the uh, doing the runaround. It, Kobe it, might be like Prince. Like no one sees him until something like you're one of those guys. Guy, you know I'm saying like people never saw Prince until it was until a show wanted, or something until yeah. he wanted him to see him. So that's that's the way Kobe has been as of late. I, I think that Kobe's going to wind up getting involved with basketball. I understand like he retired, 
you know, you you, you got to sort of decompress. Uh, you, you know, it's a whole different schedule that he's had for his entire adult life. And for even last, when you're a high school player. Yeah, for the last 20-some years. Yeah, and, 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 you know, I know he's got his production company. Um, but I feel like Kobe's going to wind up getting involved with the Lakers uh, uh, as an owner at some point. Yeah, what, what capacity, though? I, I, I don't know. know. I know I he's, he's not going to coach. He's strong-minded, so I think, you know, he, he probably you know, he wants to make decisions. Right. You know, I think he wants to be in the decision-making process, which I don't blame him. You know, you blood, sweat, and tears for organization for 20 years. You know, I would definitely want to be in a position to make some decisions. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's good to see Kobe, uh, uh, you know, emerge from, uh, from retirement for a few minutes. Um, you know, we need guys like that around, sort of regulated, throwing their opinions at people, and, and it's fresh, fresh blood. And he's so iconic. Um, speaking of iconic uh, moments, uh, I'm going to transition to the third installment of the skinny genification moment of the week here at the two-man weave NBA on TuneIn. Right to it. Um, 20-year-old Devin Booker. Yes. Listen, first of all, he's 20. Yes. He's in the NBA. That alone deserves an applause. Well, I agree with you. Last year, he was 19 in the NBA. Very productive rookie season. Applause. 70 points. I don't care if you're a nerf, three-on-three, two-on-two, Pop a shot, ski ball, pinball, 70 points. It's and, 70 points. It's, it's, it's hard to do. I mean, 70 points is... That's a lot of points. Man. What's, what's your high score as an NBA player? 36, something like 35, 36. And you're a big guy. Yeah, but I, I, I'm i not into shooting the ball that much, for one. Um, no, 70 points is hard to do, man. No, Period. I'm, I'm not taking anything from the fact that he scored 70 points. Me neither. Who am I? Yeah, you yeah. say to me... Yeah, now, I notice, Kenyon, I say to you, what's your high score? You say 36 points. I don't know why you don't say, Mike Rob, what was your high score? Like, is it that you're not curious or that you just don't want to embarrass me? Like, why not throw it back at me? Like, you don't want to hear my high score, Kenny? I don't know why, like, you don't throw that back. Because I give you a perfect opportunity. Like, you don't want to ping pong it back. I missed that. Now, don't, don't worry about it. I'm not going to tell you. I'll say we'll it. We'll get back to it. No, we'll get right. back to it later. It's all right. Because I, I, I don't want to embarrass anybody, make anybody feel uncomfortable. So, that being said, Devin Booker scored 70 points the other night yeah. versus the Boston Celtics. I believe it was Friday night. Uh, we don't fact-check here at the two-man weave. And they lost to the Boston Celtics. They didn't get blown out, but it was the type of game where they were losing the whole game, yeah. and they continued to lose. That's all fine. 70 points, incredible. The skinny genification moment of the week is the fact of the celebration from the team. I blame the Phoenix Suns. I blame Tyson Chandler. Yes. And, and 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 I blame the, 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 the entire sort of... This is like sort of um, like where you set up sort of this is this is an environment of losing. Now, De- Devin Booker should absolutely have this celebration, but for this thing to be Instagram, Snapchat, put out there by the team, and no one's mentioning, but we lost. Yeah, but we lost. I imagine it's been a really excruciating season for the Phoenix Suns, as 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 they are, are you know they've struggled, but the celebrating. The Instagramming, the Snapchatting, the whole thing. Earl Watson calling timeouts to to, to push this 70-point agenda. What do you think about this whole thing? And what do you think it says about the NBA? And and what do you think about the Tyson Chandler of it all? Yeah, it's sad. It's a sad day that that people celebrate losses. Um, Not only the fact that, okay, they were trying to say that, that, that they celebrated the 70 points. Fine. I, but that's I'm I'm all for that. Right. Um let him have that moment. Let his name go down in the record books, which is gonna go. Um but 
You're not playing for anything. Nothing. You're playing. Some people call it tanking. Right. You know, I don't. I don't know what tanking is. I. I, I was every game I played, and I want to win. Um, didn't win them all, of course, but but believe you me, I wasn't gonna participate in those kind of shenanigans if if asked to <clears throat> in certain situations. Right. Um, I was on the team. Melo scored sixty in the Garden. We won, so we can celebrate that. That's a big night. That's a big night. It's you in know, the garden, in the and garden, you won. And, and you win. No matter who you're playing in the NBA, you score 60 in a certain situation, 70 <laughs> in a certain situation, um, and you win. Uh, that's why you play the game. You play the game to win. I played on the team with Tyson Chandler yes. in New York. What, and what, what, what? I always thought of Tyson Chandler as a hard-nosed, yes. you know, tough, tough player. He's competitive. Defensive-minded. Ultra competitive. Um, <laughs> you know, I've always been a guy in locker rooms where things weren't going well as a team. I've always been the one to speak up. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to do that in New York. Tyson did it. Okay. You know, and for me to see him on the sideline while the game is going on, um, encouraging, like jumping up and down, during the, during the course of it, I, I get it. But after the game, for you to be in the picture with them, and you're supposed to be the vet on the team, God's supposed to look to you for leadership. When things are not going, it's a turn the time. He has a championship ring. Right. Um, he's been around for a while. Olympics, people, all that. All that. People respect Tyson. But I was highly disappointed that he participated in those shenanigans mm-hmm. with the whole Instagram holding up the 70 and all of that. I just, I, I, I can't see myself being that guy. Right. You know, I'm not playing anymore, but that doesn't diminish the fact that, that I'm a loser. Mm-hmm. You should be. Like, I, I'm not, I, I just can't see that. And Tyson is my guy, and I see Tyson doing the, during the summer and other places. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, and I'll tell him, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not just saying this on air. And no, I got you. TV and radio. No, Tyson is my guy. And i like, hey, man, don't, like, what was up with that, man? Right. Like, come on, man, you can't do that. Right. Like, not you. Right. I expect that from other people that don't care. You care. You know, but, well, maybe that's, he has, is trying to fit into a certain situation with the team. He's the older guy on the team. I don't know well, what the thought process was behind it. But it is what it is. Yeah, I, uh, I, um, like I said, you know, I'm not taking away from any, anything from Devin Booker. Yeah. I think he's a really, really good player. Definitely. And you know, there's been for some reason comparisons to Kobe. When Kobe scored sixty plus, they won every, literally yeah. every time. And I don't fact check, but you, but, if you don't believe me, look it up. Well, when Kobe scored eighty one, um, <laughs> I was playing in Denver at the time, and we were playing Toronto the next game. He scored eighty one against Toronto. Uh huh. Happened to be – well, had to watch the game because we was playing Toronto the next day. So watching the game, they um, Lakers were down. Game was going a certain way. Kobe happened to catch fire. They were losing. Right. They ended up winning the game, but they were losing. And they needed all 81 of them points. Right. He caught fire in the process of them trying to come back because they were down. Right. You know, so it's a way to do it the right way and it's the wrong way to do it. Um, but – he scored 70. Mm. My, my hat goes off to him. The yes. sky's the limit for him. I agree. You know, um, wish him nothing but the best. But that's just the nature of the NBA now. You know, when 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 winning is not as important as individual accolades. Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, the, the past skinny genification moments of the week uh, on this show, uh, we discussed the Willie Cauley-Stein dunk that wasn't. Um, we discussed the, um, what's his name? Um, my man on Cleveland, Amon Shumper, dunk that wasn't, um, and and this is just about the skinny genification uh, uh, term 
and the 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 influx of skinny genification into the NBA yeah. is really just the softening and my concern and Kenyon's concern as a vet and my concern as a fan of just keeping the league ultra competitive at all times as it should be. It's obviously entertainment as it should be, but at the end of the day, it's sports and for me, the consumer. I would say the paying consumer, but I haven't paid for tickets in a long time, <laughs> and and I and you know what? I don't take it for granted. Hey, why would you? And 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 the, the fact that I don't pay for when I go there, you think I cheer uh, half ass? No. no. You think I ever take it for granted when I show up to an NBA game? The other day, Kenyon, uh, uh, I was I went to the Clippers game. Now you might say, well, why would you get excited about this? It's just a day no. day at the beach. I got to go uh, to the arena two hours before the game. I'm watching uh, Gordon with the good hair, Hayward. I'm watching Blake. I'm watching DeAndre. I'm watching JJ Redick. I'm watching these guys warm up. Yeah. There's no one in the arena. I have butterflies. The excitement. Yeah, leading up to the action. I'm, I appreciate what I'm watching. Yeah, that's what's up. Not a lot of people do. Yo, I'm sitting there watching NBA players. The thing that the thing that I, I was reminded, and, and every time I've had these up close and personal things where I'm like around an NBA team and where I'm around yeah. NBA basketball players, and you can attest to this, I'm watching Blake Griffin do probably 25 pick and pops from all over the field. Pick, pop, get the ball, jump yeah. shot. Yeah. Pick, pop, jump. Going through his routine. DeAndre doing jump hook left hand, jump hook right hand, shooting his free throws. J.J. Redick doing his jump shooting thing. Gordon Hayward doing his warm-ups. Just, and I, there's no one in the arena. And that's the thing that I, 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 I appreciate so much. And that's one of the things that even, even somebody who's gotten to see it that I forget. that you People think that you guys, pros, wake up. Roll out of bed and everything's hunky dory. You're in the league. You're doing all your the work, the 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 repetition yeah. is something that you you really don't get to see as a fan. And 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 I am so fortunate that I that I was able to do that and have those moments um uh, to to watch the NBA players because professional athletes, it's professional athletes. I really think that we forget just how good you guys are. Yeah, there's a lot of hard work put into it. A lot of hard working and dedication. Um, long hours in the gym. Um, time away from your kids, family, friends, all that. But, yeah, not a lot of everybody makes it, man, and we all know that. Um, and it's on the select few, special few that, that, that make it to the, um, to the highest level. It's ridiculous. Professional basketball players, you're paid yeah, to, play to make those shots. Yeah, that's what it is. And guys are paid to, to work on their craft and, and, and to be a – just take like a, a Clay Thompson or a Steph Curry or one of those guys to be a drop-dead shooter like that. You know, that takes time, like endless amounts of hours of work. Right. You know, that people don't see. They don't see it at all. I'm saying people see the end result. They they they, they really don't and, and I'm not I'm not pointing finger. I'm fortunate to be able to do it and, mm-hmm. and like the but the the way I was talking about it is that I I get so excited watching it because I'm so envious of it and I have such admiration of it. Yeah. And it really is a craft. Yeah, definitely. Perfecting a jump hook. Perfecting free throws, perfecting a three pointer, perfecting a pick and pop, all the footwork stuff. Yeah, and you can work yeah, I'm saying you can work your tail off. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure you saw DJ, um, DeAndre in there working on free throws. Of course. And I was there on the team. He's been working at it for years and years and years. It's just some things that you that you work on, it's not going to always go in your favor. You know, you can go in there and work on your free throws, your jump shots, your ball handling, those things. And if it's not meant to be with you, then it's not going to be for whatever reason. There's no rhyme or reason or answer to it. It's just one of those things. 
That sums up my entire basketball career. You said if it's not meant to be, like you, you, you could maybe say, well, DeAndre's not meant to be a great free, free, free throw shooter. Yeah. My entire basketball career just wasn't, wasn't meant, meant to be. be. Hey. We couldn't point fingers at one thing that I, just, that, yeah, this is the whole thing. Was... The whole painting, like you got to go, that painting, it's, it's not going to fit here yeah. in this museum. Gotcha. It's one of those. This is the two-man weave. I'm in there with Kenya Martin, uh, better known as Kmart. Uh, my name is Michael Rapport. They call us the Confrontational Two. It's the NBA on TuneIn. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about the struggling, <laughs> and I'm smiling when I say it, the struggling Cleveland Cavaliers. We're taking phone calls, 310-452-1450, 310-452-1450. We'll be right back. I'm, I'm going to get joyful. I'm going to start laughing. You're going to start hearing me giddy when we come back to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers and the word struggling. The NBA two-man weave on TuneIn. Two-man weave continues after this on the NBA on TuneIn. Hi. Uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, it had this phone number on it, and, well, uh, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah. Hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal near the swing set. Um, just want to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie. This is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C. Take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D. Help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. I spend a lot of time in the backyard. And I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores you've ever had. In 01, we stayed up all night telling ghost stories with the neighbors. Yeah, I know I've got a bit of wear and tear. And sadly, in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire. When a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Sparks from an improperly extinguished fire pit can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com 
Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hi. Uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, it had this phone number on it, and, well, uh, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah. Hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal near the swing set. Um, just want to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck. Uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Stay out of their lane. It's Two Man Weave with Michael Rappaport and Kenyon Martin. Oh, did Martin get that? On the way back down, he tipped in the alley-oop. The set play out of the timeout. That might be the dunk of the night. Yeah, he says stay out of the lane. And, and, I, and I really do advise you to stay out of the lane. It's yeah. me and Kenyon Martin. Yeah. Uh, we're in here. They call us a two-man weep. Uh, and now's the part of the show where I get really, really joyful. Huh. Because the Cleveland Cavaliers are struggling. Now, I know that it doesn't mean much in the big shape of things. But as, as I speak, as these words are coming out of my mouth, the Cleveland Cavaliers are no longer in first place in the Eastern Conference. My Boston Celtics, Kenyon, my Boston Celtics are now ahead of the Cleveland Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference. The other night, LeBron James got uh, some sort of weird elbow in the upper neck uh, back area and then made it to half court and then rolled around. Uh, that was weird. What What do you think that was? Have you ever gotten it? Like, I mean, I, no. I, I don't think it was like flopping because it was so... Strange. Yeah it, was, yeah, it was delayed. Uh, yeah, it was a little weird. Um, nothing like that has ever happened to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, that was yeah. It was a little it caught me off guard a little bit. Um, I hope he's well. I uh, hope there's nothing lingering. Um, but yeah, I just yeah, it was a nice little shot. I didn't think much of it when it happened, but you never know. Um, he probably hit a nerve, nerve right. ending, anything like that. He probably had a sharp pain shoot down his legs. Right. So you never know. Um, I, I don't. I don't scary make... moment for him. I'm pretty sure. I agree. I, I don't make light of, of those kinds of injuries or any injuries of any player, yeah. um, including LeBron James. Um, but I am happy that they're struggling. Yeah. I don't expect uh, much to come from the struggle. Yeah. I mean, what do you what do you think it, of the Cleveland Cavaliers right now? Yeah, it's defensively, man. It's, Explain uh, that. Yeah, they they're bad defensively. Um, you can't give up <laughs> forty points in a quarter. Certain team like that's like that should never like to give up thirty in a quarter should never do. But teams do that consistently now. Um, but to give up 40 in a quarter, 130 for a game, like you, you're not playing any defense. And that's been happening regularly with the Cavs as of late. Why is that? Like <laughs> team defense, you know, what is that, what is that about concepts? Something that bothered me, I saw Ty Lue yes. say, I'm not going to show my schemes. We're not going to show our hand. I'm Took like, the words right out of my mouth. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that was, what, is, what is he talking Is he I, making that up? I, I have no idea what that is. 
And why are his suits uh, so big? It's a two-part question. Let's stay on the defense first. <laughs> the, the, the first part of the question is the defense, and the second part, and I, I don't know if you have a number on him, I would love to call him. Why are your suits so big, Ty Lue? I want to know. I ask with all due respect. Um, I, 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 but, but the defense, the team defense, and yeah, him saying we're not going to show our hands, yeah, what is I've, that about? I've never heard of that, for one. Um, I thought you played consistently throughout the season, and you get better at what you're doing. You know, I've, I've, I haven't heard... Are we going to change our defensive schemes when when the playoffs start? Was you that know, some gibbly gabbly goo? I, I that's what I'm thinking, but I I think uh, maybe they don't start pressing. I, I have no idea there what what that statement meant. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I've never heard of a team um, making a statement like that for one. No, we're going to I've heard change a few things up for the playoffs, lineups, um, right? Maybe throw a few different offensive sets in there because you've been running the same thing for most of the season. Tweaking a few things, doing doing sets and stuff like that, but but defensively schemes and things like that, uh, that's effort. You know, you can have certain schemes and certain the way you're going to play certain pick and rolls and certain post coverages and things like that. You can have all of that, uh huh. But at the end of the day, it's still effort, right? And determination and one on one, mano a mano. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to try my best to stop you from scoring, mm-hmm. and I expect my teammates to help me. Mm-hmm. That should be game in, game out. Mm-hmm. Whether what, no matter what your schemes are or not, and the way you're going to play certain things or not, those things should happen each and every night. You take the court and having pride and, and playing defense. Do you think they're coasting? Mm-hmm. Is it we can turn it on whenever we want, and can they turn it on whenever they want? I feel since they they, they feel they have LeBron, um, I think that's what they're betting on. Right. You know, we have LeBron. We have the best player in the world. Um, and when the playoffs start, we're going to be able to turn it on, um, and getting certain getting Jr. back in the swing of things, getting Kevin Love back in the swing of things, um, acclimating Darren Williams to the program and things like that. Um, but yeah, I just I think that that the the focus on the defensive end has been missing all season long. Not just now; mm. it's been all season long. Mm-hmm. You know, so and now the playoffs are getting close. Guys are losing that much more focus because they're getting ready for the playoffs. And now you're in the two seat. Now you're in the two seat, guys. Yeah, and and I think their uh, alarm should be going off with with the guys in the locker room, and not just LeBron. You know, I think every every guy in that locker room should look in the mirror and, all right, now it's time to stop the bleeding. Who who in the, who in that locker room besides LeBron would you imagine, or is the voice? Because obviously LeBron is is the top top. Who's the other guy speaking out in that locker room? Is it Richard Jefferson and 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 the fact that he can't. Uh, grow uh, uh, facial hair. Uh, who, who, but who's the other person on that team that you think is sort of the the leader, yeah. the vocal leader? Richard Jefferson, not that he's um, he's not that vocal. <laughs> I mean, not that I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think guys would look. Um, I think Kevin Love has a voice, mm-hmm. or he should have a voice in that locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kyrie should have a voice in that locker room. Right. But but it, but it all starts and ends with LeBron. Right. You no, know, it all starts and ends with him, and I feel that. That he he understands of the situation that they're in right now, you know it just wasn't the fact that they need to make a few moves and get a few playmakers. No, they need guys who actually care, right? And the guys that's going to go out and compete offensively and defensively and do all the the small things that 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 calls for us to go out and win and be successful. Yeah, and I think he realizes that, and and they haven't been doing that. It ain't just defensively; it's a whole game of whole. Scheme of things that they haven't been doing, but but the glaring thing, in my opinion, is defensively. J.R. Smith is back. 
Kevin Love is back. They're out of shape. When you know they're 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 getting their timing. When you when you come back from an injury, uh, uh, like Jr. had a hand injury, I believe, and 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 Kevin been dealing with a few different injuries with, mm-hmm. with, with his knees and his back and all that stuff. So I think they, they probably, uh, I would imagine, basketball shape uh, is easier for someone who could run around. How how hard is it, how complicated is it to get into basketball shape, playoff level basketball shape no, you, at this just, time of the year? It's just basketball shape, period. you got to play games. That's the only way. That's the only way. Practice? Get, they're not practicing right now. Mm-hmm. No, teams are not practicing. What are they doing now? Getting ready, team that's in position to get ready for the playoffs. That's, Schemes, like little yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, winding down guys' minutes back and certain things, you know what I'm saying? You're gearing up. Um, unless you're in the thick of things, unless you're fighting for sixth, seventh, or eighth, or or if you're fifth and you want to get to fourth to have home court. Mm-hmm. No, certain things like that still matter. Mm-hmm. But you're getting ready. Teams are getting ready for this stretch run. Um, they got a couple more weeks in the regular season. And guys are getting ready. Teams mm-hmm. are getting ready. So I, um, I'm excited. <clears throat> Kyle, um, Tristan Thompson, who, listen, that dude, talk about somebody who, who doesn't slow down, and he takes pride in not sitting out games. Yeah. He's, he, at a certain point, he, he's going to uh, shoot his load, and he's going to run out of gas. Um, you know, they need him to be successful. They need him to be playing and getting those rebounds. Because he's like a, that guy is like a one, he's like, like that guy has a singular focus. Yeah. Get the rebounds. Get the rebounds, get the rebounds. That's all he does, and he does it. He's one of the best. Yeah, that's right. Hey, he put his mind to it, and he's relentless. <laughs> and when you're relentless like that, game in, game out, possession after possession, certain guys don't want to deal with that. Right. You know, they like, oh, we got to play against Tristan. Like, oh. You know? Yeah. It's that thought. Right. You he's know? one of those guys. He's right? one of those guys that doesn't stop, and and he's found. he's made a – a name for himself and what he does. And you know, a career. A career. No, he's he, he's going to be that. Yeah. He's proven that. He's a solid defender, um, excellent rebounder. Um, but if he's tired, you, um, you got to find a way to scale his minutes back at times. I He but, deserves a little break. Yeah, but nobody – but they don't have anyone on their roster. Mm-hmm. That's that. What happened to Larry Sanders? Well, he's uh, He might what? be in the studio with us right now. Where's Some, Larry Sanders? Somewhere around, like, where's Waldo? Where's Larry? Yeah. I thought the big they brought in Larry Sanders and also Darren Williams. Uh, are you ready to play basketball? Your hair looks fantastic. He keeps nice waves. Yeah. Darren keeps his wave cap on tack. <laughs> on tack. I don't think he wears one. I think that's just natural for him. Um, but nah, um, they don't have bigs that can that can do what Tristan does or right. or, or remotely do, do what Tristan does for that team. Kevin Love. He used to be a, a, a banger. Well, no. he not a banger, no. but he was a twenty. But he was a double guy. He was I mean, twenty five and twenty six and fifteen. Yeah, that, yeah. When no one else is rebounding and shooting the ball, you're going to do that. He he's a rebounder that like, but like a like like when David Lee and I love David Lee. Yeah, he's like stack one guy, a stack guy. Like, like that's what it was when he was in Minnesota. Right. You surround him with better players now. His numbers down a little. Scoring is down. Rebound numbers are down because you got guys like Tristan and LeBron that rebound the ball yes. a lot, which I get. Yes, I get. But the numbers were, in my opinion. The numbers in Minnesota were inflated a little bit. I agree. You know, because of the talent that he had around him. He had to do it. He had to do everything. He had to go out and play 40-some minutes a night. He had to at least get 15, 16, maybe 20-some rebounds a night for them to remotely have a chance to play. And he was younger. And they were still in the basement of the Western Conference. Yes. So he's on a better team now in the East. The numbers are down a little bit. But he's still um, Kevin Love still has rebound games now where he 15-plus. You know, there's times, but 
they don't need that from him consistently because right. they have Tristan and LeBron is going to get his seven, eight, nine, ten a game. You know, so they don't need Kevin to rebound the ball at those numbers that um, in order to be successful. You know, one thing I I, I, I have to say about LeBron, as, as much as I take shots at him, mm-hmm. that dude competes, 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 competes. You never see him unless he's sitting. But but when he's on the court, you just could feel how much he wants to win. Even when they were getting blown out against San Antonio, like there's so many, like he just, he, he plays. So, yeah. you know, I like to keep it balanced because I do like to, uh, I, I love you're, him struggling. Yeah, you're a fan of the game. Um, you're res- I know what you say is out of respect. Of you know course, it's out of respect, and I and I can appreciate it. You know, we all have our our villains and people who we don't must care for, so to speak, in certain aspects of what they do. I get it. You no, know, but LeBron is a hell of a talent, man. He's been that since day one in NBA. Um, he's great for the game, great for the league, man. And and we share the same birthday, which is a great thing. What do you really? When is it? December 30th. Okay. Oh, listen. Wait, my hey. mom's December 30th. Hey, listen, great people, man, born that day. Yo, you're you're just so December 30th is you, yes. LeBron, anybody else? Tiger Woods. Tiger and and my mom June Brody. Mom, June Brody. Hey. Hey, mom. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, the Capricorns, baby. I did Man, see, now I got to rethink yeah, my a, whole LeBron thing. Yeah, there's a few other. Yeah, yeah, we, that's, that's a great day. Man, I I didn't know that. Yeah. When you were growing up as a fan before you were even at Cincinnati. Yeah. Okay, for to, to to rack your head back. Yeah. Who was your guy that like how I, how LeBron is my like guy who I can't stand this year? And it's because he's great. Yeah. Who who was your like your animosity guy when you were before you were even at Cincinnati, when you were just a fan? Like yeah. who was your guy? I can't stand this dude. Like I'm a Detroit Pistons fan, man. So like, I I respected Mike, but you know, I wanted us to beat Mike every chance we got. You no, know, yeah, beat him up. Now, don't hurt him, but beat him up every chance you get. You right. Know, I was I was sort of anti Michael Jordan, so I'm to speak. With you. you know, because of my team, not taking anything from his ability. Of course you know not. What I'm saying, how can you take something? You from got Mike? on Jordans, a yeah. fresh pair of Jordans. Hey, Jordan. Those are rare breed Jordans. What what are those? Are Jordan. those like Jordan Nine? These ones actually. But 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 like they're not with like they're ones with sort of some sort of like uh, NBA color scheme. Like actually, I man, I picked these up. Uh, at the mall, actually, man, they were. I was walking through the mall, and I'm like, "Hey, those are nice." You just grabbed those, yeah. And they had a 13 on the shelf, and I, hey, I rock with it. Dude, so, 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 jo- I was anti Jordan too. Yeah. And before that, I was yo. Yeah, maybe I couldn't afford them as a kid. Maybe that's why I didn't like Mike as much. The Jordan. <laughs> yeah, maybe I didn't like Mike as much because I couldn't afford them. But no, I was a Pistons fan, man. So I wanted us to, at all costs. I'm saying run through Chicago. Yeah, I he 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 broke my heart as, yeah. as a Knicks fan over and over and over, and and I, I was able to give myself space to appreciate him. The person who 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 took the the biggest yeah. toll on me Let and me who really this. lost out on my fandom, okay. Larry Bird. Okay, I could not stand him. And you know what's crazy? Larry Bird and Magic were like the guys that like their that 1979 matchup like changed my life in yeah. college. Like I was like I'm gonna be in the NBA. Those are my guys. And Bird was my guy. Because I think it's just because he had blonde hair. I was like, yo, I could do that. You could be that guy. I could be. But then for some reason, when he put on that green, and no one taught me, my father wasn't some crazy anti-Boston guy, it's just in my blood. I'm in New York, and I I don't like the green. I don't like you. I don't like your teammates. (laughs) I don't like your coach. I don't like the Boston Garden. It looks like a dump. And I never, ever gave myself space to appreciate Larry Bird when he was playing. I I, I saw green, and I'm not talking about green. So over time, did you um, yes. start to hate the Miami Heat as well in the same in the same manner? Oh because yeah, because of the matchups and, oh, yeah. and things over the years. Before LeBron, 
I couldn't stand them. Yeah. Uh, my man Cycli, yeah. Alonzo, the whole the whole thing. People think it just came with LeBron. If you're a Knicks fan, you yeah. never night you never like Miami. I got you. What what's to like? Pat leaves. Pat goes there. It's, yeah, you, yeah. It's, uh, my I face get it. just dropped. Yeah, I get it. I get it. That that that's bringing back painful memories. This is the two man weave. When I when we come back, we're taking calls three one zero four five two one four five zero. We're going to talk about these Miami uh, Heat, who are tough. Quietly, starless Miami Heat. They got no stars on that team, but they are a, a, an opponent that I don't think anybody wants to match up with. 310-452-1450. The two-man weave, Michael Rapport will be right back. We're finishing breaking down the Eastern Conference, the NBA on TuneIn. Yeah. Two-man weave will be right back. It's the NBA on TuneIn, your home for the NBA Finals. Hi, uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, it had this phone number on it, and, well, uh, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah, hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal near the swing set. Um, just want to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No. Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores you've ever had. In 01, we stayed up all night telling ghost stories with the neighbors. Yeah, I know I've got a bit of wear and tear. And sadly, in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Sparks from an improperly extinguished fire pit can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. 
Hi. Uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, it had this phone number on it, and, well, uh, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah. Hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal near the swing set. Um, just want to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. We're back. You're listening to the confrontational front court of Michael Rappaport and Kenyon Martin. Touched beautifully by Kenyon Martin against his old teammate in his old hometown. Kmart takes the air right out of the building. It's Two Man Weave on the NBA on TuneIn. All right, we're back. It's the NBA on TuneIn. Michael Rappaport, Kenyon Martin. Talking Eastern Conference. As it stands right now, the Boston Celtics, first place, Cleveland Cavaliers, Washington Wizards, who are taking on the Los Angeles Clippers, the L.A. Clippers tonight. Toronto Raptors, who I expect nothing from in the playoffs. I don't want anybody to need to decompress or anything like that. Um, Atlanta Hawks. <coughs> Excuse me, Milwaukee Bucks. The Indiana Pacers, I want to get into them. Paul George, born ready, he's back. We'll see if he's actually ready. <clears throat> Signed a three-year deal. I want to hear what you think about that, Kenny. It's interesting. And, and the the Miami Heat. What what do you make of the Miami Heat? I I, I gotta say I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that they're you know Hassan Whiteside is he's a good, athletic, long, young player. Goran Dragic. I'm probably not saying his name uh, correctly. That's no, fine. No disrespect. Not at all. Um, Spolster has proven himself to be, he ain't no flunky. He's a basketball coach. Uh, and right now the, the Miami heat would play the Boston Celtics in the first round. I don't think Cleveland wants to face Miami. I think they're young. They're under the radar. What do you think of this? What do you think of this Hassan Whiteside? Young talent. Um, didn't know about him when he first came in, this, that, and the third, um, him making the whole, he only here to get his 2K ratings up. <laughs> right. Uh, from that Hassan Whiteside to now, um, it's night and day. Um, he's helping his team get to where they need to be. Um, he's a young big in his league that's energetic, decent shot blocker, um, hell of a rebounder. Right. Um, and I think their team, um, I don't think you need superstars, man, in order to be successful. I agree. You know, you need guys that's, that, you need a, a guy that's not afraid to take and make big shots, mm-hmm. which... Uh, I think they have in certain guys. But, Deion um, Waters, Waiters, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah Deion Waiters. Um, they got Dragic. Um, they got guys who, who want to go out and compete. Um, certain guys who people probably didn't necessarily want on their teams. Um, and, and, and they're proving to the league that they can play. James Johnson's a tough guy. He had a nice dunk the other night. Yeah. Oh, yes, he did. And, and you know, last night they, they – uh, they had a last-second tip-in versus yeah. uh, my Detroit Pistons. I probably drove my – the Stan Van Gundy, who, who's who's my favorite coach in the NBA, because I just feel his pain. You feel his pain you through, can, his, through you his can, facial expressions. Everything. He's screaming, <laughs> he's yelling, his hoarse voice. 
Um, uh, he's passionate. He's passionate. He, he's he's a piece. You never played for him, did you? Not at all. But but you heard him scream yeah, playing against time. you, right? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's it's funny <coughs> to hear that voice and look over there and antics and things like that. Um, it's entertaining. Wait, wait, you you were you were very aware when you were playing a Stan Van Gundy team, correct? Yeah. No, you just hear it. You uh, you hear his voice. Um, him yelling. Stop, Kenyon. Yelling out for Dwight. Um, yeah. That you know, it was it was definitely comedy. I, I, I'm sure. Stan Van Cundy, I, I, I love you. He's a hell of a coach, too. Yeah, he's a great he's coach. A, he's a hell of a coach. Um, we got a caller. We're taking calls all shows. 310-452-1450. My name is Michael Rapport. I'm in here with Kenny Martin. This is the two-man weave. Big J, you're on with Kenny and Michael Rapport. What's up? Mike Rapp, what, for, first and foremost, call from Milwaukee. Love that bit you did with uh, Spree. <laughs> Thank uh, you, my man. Yeah, and I, I was. I, I saw him at the Bucks game the other night. I was wearing my soft ass uh, I am Rappaport shirt. He was like, "Oh, like were you that. at that thing?" I said, "Yeah." He seemed surprised. I like that. Anyway, you I didn't like hear that. me. Uh, I like you that. didn't have me calling for that. Kmart, want to know why you didn't stick around in Milwaukee? We could have used you. They're, they're burning you up go now. Ask them, why, why, you what, go ask them why they waved me. You go ask me. Go ask them why they cut me. It wasn't my choice. <laughs> I thought Jake Kidd was your man. Hey, that's what I thought too before they gave me my pink slip. Uh. Oh man. So so what 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 do you think the outlook is for the Bucks? I don't know, man. Um the, they haven't had the full squad, of course. Um um Jabari and Giannis haven't spent a lot of time on the court together, so so that's to be seen. Um young talent. I thought they would have been better as um a better have a better record as a as a team as of now. But it's all a learning yeah. process. They're young, they're up and coming, um, but the sky's the limit for those guys. And Giannis is a is a is an up and coming star in this league. So you can you can tell me, Kmart, if you're talking out of school, and you don't have to answer the question if you don't want to. <laughs> is Jay Kidd the coach for the team? Is he the right man? Yeah, right. It's hard to say that he's not. You know. It's hard to say that he's not. Well, uh, you know, we, we got him in playoffs. here. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot yeah. of excitement. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, if you look at what he did in Brooklyn, you would look at what, you, what he did here. Um, this year they're going to make the playoffs. But below 500 overall record, I don't know that it's going to cut it with these guys. He hasn't had his whole team yet. That's true. You know, right. Jabari is a key piece in that. You know, they, they had yeah. certain people. Middleton. You know, um, Chris Middleton has been out. You know, they haven't had their full – for a plethora of um of talent yet, you know, so it's hard to say. Jay, thanks for the call. This is the two man weave. Um, I think they're a tough out. You know, right now they'd be playing the uh, Washington Wizards. Who I, <laughs> whenever I'm saying Washington and I'm thinking Wizards, I, my tendency is to say Bullets. Um, but they are no longer the Washington Bullets. Shout out to the great Wes Enseld and Earl the Pearl Monroe before he was a Nick. He was a Washington Bullet. And the Knicks and the Washington Bullets, they used to battle. Those were battle royales. That was a thing of the past. Kenny, I'm going to be honest with you about something this morning. Uh-huh. I was going over my notes and my stats, and, and you- I thought to myself, if the Knicks went on a tear and other teams started losing right now, it'd have to be a lot of things that have to fall into place that the Knicks would somehow – I would just love like the last two days where the Knicks were like – Came out of nowhere and we're pushing for an AC. This is my own fantasy. I was eating a hard boiled oh, egg. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just I, sharing that with you. I, I, I appreciate though. Uh, listen, there's nothing wrong with having hope and dreams and aspirations. That's what it was—a hope, a dream, and aspiration. A pipe dream. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, you, you I, was hoping there was a light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, it would just be nuts. It would be. Like, we have nothing to cheer yeah, for. Yeah, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's a train coming. 
And know, it's coming fast. Fast. <laughs> very, very fast. And the other teams that are standing there at their end, end of the tunnel with us, you can laugh all you want, people. You can mock me and my New York Knicks. Uh, me and the Orlando Magic fans are holding hands with the Brooklyn Nets fans. We're all standing there at the end of the tunnel because the Knicks are atrocious and the Brooklyn Nets are oh, atrocious. Yeah. And right behind all of us are the Los Angeles Lakers. They're standing there <laughs> at the end of that tunnel as right well. With you. I, I, I'm with you, man. Uh, I know just being a, um, a New Yorker like yourself, uh, it's hard to watch NBA games. You know, you got two teams there. I stop and, watching, man. I'm going to no be honest. One, and no one to cheer for, you know. Um, be one of the one or the other um, would be great, but to have no one to cheer for that's doing anything that's remotely successful as in terms of basketball right now, I know that has to be tough on New Yorkers. You played with Carmelo Anthony. He was all he was a teammate of yours. Yes. If you're Carmelo Anthony, yes. based on everything you know, the stat of the data, the stats, the data, the Phil Jackson, the Jeff Hornacek of it all. Coach Horny, as I like to call him. <laughs> what do you do this offseason? What what do you do? If you're if you're right now, you're Carmelo, you're where, how old is Carmelo? 31, 32? Yes, alone, yeah, something like that. So you're that point in your career, you have a no trade clause. Uh-huh. You are Carmelo. What what would you do? Like a guy try try to put yourself in his shoes. Would you say, get get me out of here? Would you wait to see who they bring in? Or would you be like, yo, I'm done? You have kids. Uh, he has a wife. He's he's implanted in New York. Like he's I'll there. Hold, he has roots. I hold out like football players do. What do you mean? <laughs> Show me what you're going to do, from top to bottom, from management to players and all that. Then we'll make a decision. Then, you know, whether I want to be here or not. You right. got to prove to me that that we're moving in the right direction. You know, because I'm here, and I'm not going anywhere unless I want to go somewhere. No, you can't force me out. I'm here, and I'm here to win. And until you put the talent around me. Then we'll just wait this thing out and see. And what what like and how do you do that? Do you tell that to your agent? Do you tell that to the coach? You yeah, tell it to Melo's not going to do that. It's not in Melo's. He's not leaving New York. I don't think so. Is it just he's like screw it? This is my this is my life. Yeah, but and he wants to prove he can win there. They're not winning there. Now with the, now with their talent, no, they have, no, but, I but, agree. But 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 like even if they like they're not winning this year, they're not, not winning all. next year. If they so got they a draft win. pick and they, they even if they picked up CP three, which he ain't coming to New York. I don't think CP3 is the answer. It's just better. That's what I'm saying. It's just though. better all around talent from top to bottom. Period. And you know? Jeff Hornacek, you know, you said this to me, and I got to be honest. When yeah. you first said this, I was like, I don't, I don't totally agree with Kenya. But now I totally agree with you. Yeah. When I asked you the first time we did the NBA on TuneIn, shows and shows ago, hours and yeah. hours ago, without cursing, by the way. For sure. Me and Kenyon have not cursed on the radio. We've been doing this maybe 30 hours. And you said you you said it, and, and I'm not directly quoting, but you basically said in terms of the respect, the players are going to have a problem respecting, listening to to Jeff Hornacek. And at first, I was like, ah, I totally agree with you now. Yeah, because the proof is there, man. Is is like I don't know Jeff Hornacek personally. <laughs> I've never been around and never played basketball for him. Right. But from afar, if, if me looking at the situation. And the guys that's in the locker room and on, on the team, you, I feel that you, you have to have a certain presence amongst the, um, the NBA and, um, and his present players and past. Right. You know, you have to be looked at in a certain light, I think. You know, I think um, uh, our caller just asked me about Jay Kidd. Jason Kidd has that, that aura to him that people can respect. You know, whether he's been successful or not as a coach, it's still Jason Kidd. But is it is it – 
the way Hornacek plays or is it more it's the dis- disposition because a guy like Earl Watson, he ain't no he ain't Steve Nash. Yeah. He's just a guy. He played, he had a good career. Can, like but, Ty but you can relate to your players to, in a certain degree. Right. You know what I'm saying there's I, I don't think the guys on the team can relate to him. You know? And the way and he present the way he, the way the way he, present, he speaks. Yeah, yeah, that whether it's you never know what what terminologies he used with certain things, practice times, practice. You never know what it is, but certain guys are not going to relate mm. to him. You know, whether it's the respect factor, mm-hmm. whether it's them not thinking he knows the game of basketball, mm-hmm. whether it's them wanting another coach. You never know what it is that they're not relating to him for, but it's not happened as of yet. Right. And I can't see it getting any better. Mm-hmm. You know, and a, a lot of people might point the finger at Melo and say he's the problem. Mm-hmm. Why, why Jeff Hornacek has not been successful as a coach? Mm-hmm. You never know what it is, but it's something there, you know, that the team is not buying into. No, they ain't buying into it. No. And 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 you know, part of it is the Jeff Hornacek and the Phil Jackson thing, but also I think I could smell the the, the players aren't aren't in their in their in their best. Uh, Best heads in their best efforts also. Yeah. Uh, we have a caller. We're taking calls the rest of the show. This is the two-man weave. Uh, taking call 310-452-1450. Uh, Raul, you're on the line with me and Kenyon Martin. They call him Kmart. What's up, Kmart? What's up, Mike Rappaport? Um, yeah, my name is Raul. And my question to you, Mike, and to Kmart as well, being a former player, how important are wins in the MVP uh, race? What do you think? I mean, there's a lot going on. Obviously, OKC isn't where they need, where they wish they were right now. Uh, Harden has this team running, running wild. Uh, how important are wins in the MVP race? Um, I think wins are very important. You know, you want the team to be right in the mix of things. Um, I think Does Anthony that put Davis. Them over? I think Anthony Davis last year had a great year, but his team wasn't playing for anything, so people didn't put him in the MVP race. Um, but this year, I, I think if you look at what what Russell is doing and without him where the team would be, you know, I think that says a lot. They, they have plenty wins enough for him to be the league's MVP. And so does James Harden. You know, I'm not taking anything away from James, not taking anything away from Kawhi and or LeBron. You know what I'm saying? LeBron can be the MVP each and every year if we decide to do that. I agree. But right now for wins and what the team is doing and, and the things that they have accomplished with, their their superstar, which is which is James Harden and Russell Westbrook, wins wins does matter. Raul, who do you think should be the MVP, Raul? I I, I think I think you got, you got to give it to Westbrook. I think that what he's doing this year is ridiculous. I mean, I heard some crazy stats saying that he doesn't even check three point players. Like when people are pulling up from three, he doesn't check the shot just to like pad his uh, rebound stats. <laughs> But even still, I mean, we're talking about professional athletes, and this guy's this guy's probably going to break that record for triple doubles. He's probably going to do it. Yeah, I agree. You know, what would be the best way to figure out the MVP because you know they don't they don't give out the regular season MVP yeah. uh, I- until the playoffs are going, which I think is bad. I think they should give it out the day that the season end the season ends. Yeah. Um, but the best way to, to to duke it out first round, the Houston Rockets right now would be playing the Oklahoma City Thunder, and that yeah. would be. Fifteen would, rounds of funk. That would be a hell of a first round matchup that I would fly to either Houston or Oklahoma City to go see play. You, you go see that, right? I would go see that in person. That'd yeah. be a, that, that, that would be a good bump. I, I that would be a good bump. That'd be a good bump. Yeah, I, I would. I, I would. I would pay to see that too. So I might be flying coach with you. Uh, this is a two man weave. My name is Michael Rapport, Kenyon Martin. We'll be right back again. We're taking calls 310-452-1450. 
We're going to finish breaking down the NBA playoffs when we come right back. You're listening to the NBA on TuneIn, your home for the NBA Finals. It's Two Man Weave. We'll be right back after this quick timeout. Hi. Uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, it had this phone number on it. Just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah. Hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal near the swing set. Um, just want to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. It's now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores you've ever had. In 01, we stayed up all night telling ghost stories with the neighbors. Yeah, I know I've got a bit of wear and tear. And sadly, in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire. When a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Sparks from an improperly extinguished fire pit can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hi. Uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, it had this phone number on it, and, well, uh, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah, hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal near the swing set. Um, just want to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck. Uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up. And um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. 
Help end childhood hunger and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Get your popcorn ready. You're listening to Two Man Weave on the NBA on TuneIn. All right, we're back. It's the NBA on TuneIn. 310-452-1450. We're going to have a guest, uh, the last segment of the show, Rick Kamla, NBA TV, Atlanta's own. Uh, but right now we're going to continue talking about the Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference playoff picture. A team that I can't figure out, man. I, I don't think they've been the same since the, the uh, you know, Paul George is back, and, and he's back to being Paul George, but that team... It's just they're just not they're just not doing it. The uh, Indiana Pacers, shout out to my guy Larry Bird. You know I never seen Larry Bird in real life. Work. Never met him. Never seen him. Never saw him at an All Star game. It's the resentment that I put out there. <laughs> um, maybe he's That's avoiding crazy. me. He That's could crazy. be avoiding me. Could be. Could be. Man, he's it's all over the place. That's amazing. Like you, much as you're around the game and many NBA arenas and functions that you've been to. Yeah, that you haven't ran into Larry Bird. That's Larry that's, Joe. I'm I'm harmless. Yeah, that's that's impressive. <laughs> but the Indiana Pacers <clears throat> are now in seventh place in the Eastern Conference. <clears throat> you know, I could be Larry Bird. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm confused. Maybe I'm running a ruse on everybody. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're the same person. Could be. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> um, the Indiana Pacers. Paul George is pissed. <clears throat> Excuse me. He said that uh, there's no sense of urgency. There's no winning pride. This locker room is not pissed off enough, unquote. What do you think of Paul George as a player? And when, when, when a guy goes public with a quote like that when you're in the seventh seed, which, which ain't chopped liver. Not at all. Shout out to uh, Stan Van Gundy. He's struggling in the uh, 10th place. What does that mean? Hey, he's around those guys. Um, so he knows the pulse and the temperature of the locker room. He knows what 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 he sees every day. You know, Paul George is a hell of a talent. You know, um, for him to bounce back from the gruesome injury that he had and be playing at this high level that he is right now, you know, that's a testament to the hard work that he's put in, and he wants people to match that. You right. Know, he 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 had a scare that basketball was going to be taken away from him. Right. You know, and he wants people in the locker room to match his intensity and his his love to go out and compete. No, that's what he. Uh, that statement. That's what that says to me. That he he knows what he has in the locker room, and he don't see that same fight and that same determination for us to be better than seven seed. Now, they, they just signed uh, Lance Stevenson, yeah, Brooklyn's own Lance Stevenson, who is out of the NBA. <coughs> He's back. They signed him. They didn't just sign him for the rest of the season. They yeah. gave him a three year deal, which to me is good for him. Yeah, definitely great for Lance Stevenson. But I just think it's odd. Yeah. Like, yo, you 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 played yourself and behaved yourself. Not even, but yeah. both play and behaved yourself out of the NBA. And now you're back. How does Lance Stevenson achieve a three-year deal after being Lance Stevenson? I don't, that's interesting. Like, he wasn't the same, his skill set was the same at the beginning of the season as it is now. You know, and you wait to now. I'm pretty sure he played well in the stops he's had. I'm pretty, um, I think he went to China. Right. If I'm not mistaken. He might have been over there with Steph. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know the numbers that he put up over there. Um, I'm pretty sure it was pretty good. Um, he's a good talent. Um, but, yeah, I, that's that's a little weird to me. Um, that's a def- that's definitely a little weird to me. Um, he's played there before. Um, he made a name for himself there. He had a good run there. Yeah, but I think he's played on five teams since then. 
Yeah. You know, that's 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 wow. Yeah, you know, that's, that's wild. That's that's wild. And then to bring him back now, not just for the rest of the year, like you said, but for but on a three year deal. Um, shouts out to Larry Bird. Shouts out to Larry Bird. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, they they might have brought him in because right now, uh, if things continue as they are, Indiana is going against Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah, they. Yeah, I guess the the whole they see the matchup and uh, they bet known that they're going to play Cleveland in the first round. I guess they maybe thinking. Um, he had some success against LeBron. Um, some, some. Uh, I'm, betting, I'm guessing that's what they're thinking. Um, but uh, they need a lot more to, um, to beat Cleveland than just Lance. I think you know if that is going to be the matchup in the first round. I um, agree, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean because Indiana, even at their best, even if the locker room is pissed off, mm-hmm. and even if there is a sense of urgency, and if there is winning pride, they're like. Uh, that's like fried calamari for Cleveland. That's like yeah. a little appetizer for yeah. Cleveland. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, think, I think Cleveland versus Indiana um, is easier uh, matchup than Cleveland versus Miami. You think? I, I, just in my yeah. opinion. I agree. I agree. <coughs> the because, rest of the yeah, because just the um, the pedigree that 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 Pat and Spolcher has has put into that organization. You know, just the winning 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 atmosphere. You know, right. as of late, as of late, they have a. A recipe on how to get it done in a in a in a system. It's different players, of course, right? But I think those guys are pissed off enough that they can make some noise in the playoffs. I, I agree. Uh, the Eastern Conference shapes up: Milwaukee again versus Washington, and then it would be Toronto versus Toronto versus Atlanta in the fourth to fifth. That'd be an interesting first round matchup. Those two, Washington, Milwaukee. Yeah. Oh, that'll be good. Yo, that 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 that'd be entertaining. Break it down. That would be entertaining. Just the young guys. You know, yes. They got a team full of young guys. Those are young guns. Young guns, and they go go out and they're going to scrap. They're going to compete, and, and you throw a guy like Jason Terry in the mix, yep. like to talk trash, going to yep. be involved with everything and hype his guys up. I would like to see that matchup. I agree. That I mean, the, as a first-round matchup, if, if it potentially pans out that Houston is versus Oklahoma City wow. and Milwaukee is fighting against <clears throat> Washington, and I'm saying fighting because yeah. those are matchups that I – those that's good basketball yeah, definitely, right there. That definitely will be good basketball versus some teams that's – I'm saying that we are excited about their future. I agree. Not just now, we're excited about their future and for them to have the opportunity to, to display that to the basketball world. You know their talent level um, that they have, and go out and compete on that stage in the playoffs. I think it'll be huge. You know something that that, that we, we we've talked about, and it's it's one of these things that gets brought up all the time, and, and it bothers the crap out of me as a fan. And and you're starting to see the ramifications of it when they say the regular season doesn't matter. Obviously, winning the championship at the end of the season that's that's yeah, the, that's the, the end all be yeah, all. Yeah. But for 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 dummies. And it's dummies usually to say that the regular season doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I- I'm offended by it, and I think it's so silly to say that. <clears throat> the regular season, of course, matters in every way, shape, or form. It matters to the real players. It matters to to your playoff seed. It matters to the home court advantage. And if you're bums and you don't care about the regular season, why are you doing it? Yeah. What do you think of that whole sort of thing that, that this? Well, let's ask San Antonio if it mattered because of last year. Break you it know, down. That matchup they had last year in the first round. You know right. what I'm saying? Like that's like if they don't if they don't tank games or set guys out, whatever you want to call it, then they wouldn't be in that position last year. You know, you know they could have potentially fought for a championship, but they got bounced early. You know, so the regular season does matter. You know, you um you go out and you want to win as many games as you can. You know, you play the game well. You you're supposed to play the games to win. Right. You know, that's the way the, the schedule should go. Each game that you play, you want to try to win. You're not going to win every game. We get it. You know, no one is going to go 82 and 0. No, no, I'm saying we get that. 
But the regular season matters because seeding, um, future future draft picks, habits, habit de- definitely habits. Create, Why? Why? Create bad habits, man. When you when you're the, um, the saying goes, bad teams find a way to lose. You know, and that's during the regular season. Like you can, like team can be playing well for three games, but we always feel that bad team go give us a shot to win. Right. You know, and that's during the regular season. Right. You no, know, you're creating bad habits by losing, bad habits by not playing defense, bad habits by not blocking out, bad habits by not holding each and every guy accountable that's on your roster. You know, all of those things play a factor in the regular season. I, I and agree. And then they transfer over to the playoffs. Of course the playoffs are different. You're not going to play everybody. Everybody's not going to playoffs. Things are different. The games are, are more intense in the playoffs. Well, it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, be more intense. But um, it, it all plays a factor. It all it all plays a factor, man, in winning, like you said, habits. habits. I, and and that, that whole thing just annoys the crap out of me. The yeah. M, the, the the regular season doesn't matter, and yeah. I, I, you know, and like I I because I, I agree the habits, you, you, the culture, you know, like and that was the thing about the Devin Booker thing about the you know, like I, I was like, what does that mean? A culture of winning, a culture of losing, yeah. and, and that sort of behavior, I think, feeds into a culture of losing. And what San Antonio, Cleveland. Uh, 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 you know the, the Miami. Yeah, just he, take another sport for instance. Just take football for instance. Ask them if the regular season matters. Right. You know. Right. There is no we can coast through and we'll get to the playoffs. No, you coast through, you won't make it. Period. You know. So the regular season matters. Shout out to the Jets. Hey, ooh, they are disgusting. Yeah, I, I know this is all basketball. No, I mean, yeah, they bad. You ever play any quarterback? Because I think you could play get what? A, tight end and defensive end. But do you think like I think maybe if you get in shape, you you would get a quarterback coach. You should try to try to at least go to like mini camp because they don't have a quarterback that's going to be ready. Cleveland Jets, uh, one of those. Yeah, I, I think I can I can compete. At least compete. I, for I at least spot. Can compete. It'd be a From good they, story. Hey, the product they didn't put out on the field the last few years, like, I definitely could compete. Six foot nine, <laughs> six foot ten quarterback, right handed. Yeah, good with his good fast feet. Good footwork. Um, yeah, but no, it's that's a hey, that's that's a tough position, man. Yeah, that's a tough position. That quarterback position in the NFL. I, you know, I get it. That's, that's a tough one. So I just don't understand why the New York Jets don't get a quarterback. Hey, they had four on the roster. They had four quarterbacks on the roster. Right, and we're talking about getting you yeah. into mini camp. Hackenberg, or the Petty, um, Geno, and Fitzpatrick. Yo, they had hey, they had four quarterbacks, and they're not happy with neither one of them. Yo. <laughs> And and they they're, they're it's gonna be a it's gonna maybe be they a, could put them in a booth and take some from each one they can take Fitzpatrick's brain right Gino's legs right you know Hackenberg whatever he does well what do we do with Gino's headed. jaw oh I'm taking a call here. <laughs> glass three one zero four five two one four five zero we got a call who's on the line with us right now who you got who you that Joe Blow what's up hi so uh, I was wondering. What, uh, do you think on, they should Joe? hand? Stop. Do you think they should hand out the MVP award at whoa, the whoa, end whoa. of the playoffs? Hey, hey, I need you to get your. Hey, listen. Yeah, I need you to go take a shot of espresso. Yeah, with a with a Mountain Dew <laughs> and a Red Bull and a Monster. Mix it up together. I need your enthusiasm to be up, man. You're calling the two-man weed, Kenyon and Mike, man. This is two-man two weed, weed, man. Hey, we I got mean, a lot of energy up here, I, man. Yeah, man. I, I, I need you energetic, man. Come on, Joe. You're, you're talking right, to right. Kenyon Martin, man. Are you sneaking using the phone at work um, nah. and you're not allowed to? What's going no, on here? I, I, would, I would appreciate that. Like, if you're sneaking the call and that's cool. What's your question again, Joe? Sorry. Uh, yeah, my question right now is do you think they should give out the MVP award in basketball at the end of the playoffs instead of the end of the regular season? Um, no, I just going to get a regular season award. 
I, I think that they should do it like they, before the playoffs yeah, start. Yeah, definitely. Because you, you, it's Period. just get it out of the way. Do you it. know, because the voters know already who they're going to vote for. Like, do you the know, vote the last day. It doesn't yeah, take that long to they, count the vote. No, no, they've made their mind up of who they're going to vote for already. Oh, Joe's gone. Yeah, but they, Joe. But yeah, no, I think they should give it out before the playoffs start. You have a few days. You know, they already know who it is. You're going to get the celebration out of the way and let guys get on to the real show that people want to see. I agree. And especially this year. Thanks for the call, Joe. Especially yes, Joe. this year. Um, get your energy level up, Joe. Yeah, Joe. Like, like a little shot of Red Bull. A little, drink a little Mountain Dew. Drink a little bit of that Russell Westbrook. Uh, but imagine, imagine this year, Oklahoma City and Houston going into the playoffs and either Harden or Westbrook was just named MVP. I mean, it's already going to be competitive. So, and this, I don't get yeah. that. So do you think, just say for argument's sakes, right? That that is the first round matchup. Okay. Houston, Oklahoma City. Yes, sir. So do the writers wait and see who wins that series and do it? Like I that, think like, it plays into un- it. Yeah, but it's unfair. I agree. I'm saying just like in my opinion, I know this is like some people say, oh, it's the easy way out, and saying there's a co MVP and all that. Realistically, it is. I say let them give it out before the playoffs start. Adam Silver. How are you, my friend? I'm talking to you. You can change this, and we can change it right now. It doesn't take that long to tally votes. Not at all. Shout out to Florida. <laughs> if they could do a presidential election, presidential election in one day, they could do an NBA All Star, uh, an NBA MVP uh, in one day. You yeah. could do it in a half a day. You could do it in an hour. The day the season ends, two hours after that, to take the votes. The day before the playoffs, announce it. And we're talking about these guys are already going to compete. Houston and Oklahoma. Imagine Russell Westbrook, who who does it. Imagine, I mean, he's already at at, at, at at octane nineteen on a scale of one to ten. Imagine if he doesn't win the MVP that first game. You're talking about Ali Frazier at the Garden. Yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah, that's that. Hey, that's no, that's haymakers. Yeah, I, that's I think it just adds to it. Yeah, like nah. announce the MVP before the the playoffs start. It's the regular season MVP. Who wins, who loses, and let's stop talking about it. Yeah, let's go ahead and get it done and get what everybody's here for, to see who's going to make it to the finals. I agree. I agree. Because it really, at the end of the day, listen, all these guys are competing, you know, the MVP this, the MVP that. Uh, um, you know, it, it really doesn't make a difference. Um, and, and the one thing that does make a difference in the big picture of things is uh, the Warriors, Kevin Durant. Now, what what's the deal uh, with Kevin Durant? What, what, what's the situation? Uh, I think he's making it back. Um, he's working out now. Um, they showed him working out before the game. Um, he's getting his legs up under him. Um, I think he should definitely try to make it back last few games of the regular season. Um, That's important. Get, definitely is important. Get his win together. Get his legs up under him. Get his rhythm. Just um just, just being out on the court. Um, missed a month, uh, a couple months. I'm saying with the injury things like that. So. It's very, very important. I'm saying to get out there, just get the leg, um, get your legs up under you. Um, just feel of the ball is different in the game environment. The wind is different in the game environment. Right. You know, so getting all of those things, um, and just gearing up for a long playoff run. Uh, a healthy Kevin Durant does what? I mean, the Spurs. It's like the craziest thing about the Spurs. It's 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 like clockwork. Every year they're under the radar. I mean, I think because they're so under the radar, and we say that they're sort of not under the radar, but it's like. The, the the Warriors, the Warriors, the Warriors, the Warriors, OKC, OKC, Houston. And the Spurs are just like kicking butt. Yeah. They they dismantled Cleveland the other night. <clears throat> but a healthy Kevin Durant means what to the to the to the Golden State Warriors going into the playoffs? Like, I mean, how much of a factor would it be if if he's not yeah. there? Can well, they compete yeah. without hey, him? 
60, 70%, 60-70% of Kevin Durant is is good enough to to put scare in teams. Right. You know, he doesn't have to be 100%. I'm pretty sure they want him to be 100%, but if he's not, just having that presence on the floor, you know, knowing that he's a threat that at, at any given moment, you know, puts puts fear in teams. How know? good is he? He's, he's hey, he, he's one of the top 10 players I've played against. Because of what? Just that that ability to score the ball and that length. You know, he's that that the 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 peak at which he shoots the ball and he's 6'11", you know, that gives him an advantage um, the way he handles it. Mm-hmm. You know, not a lot of guys that size can handle it and get their own shot. Mm-hmm. Um, he can get his shot off on anybody. And he's a legit 7 feet? 6'11", well, 7, you call him that. Now. And he, long, tall. Yes, and long wingspan is outrageous, um, which he's putting on display this year in Oklahoma City with the shot blocking. Right. You know, uh, I mean, in Golden State rather than Oklahoma City, Golden State rather. Um, but, no, nah, he's – He's a force to be working with. So anybody who has that matchup, whether it's first round and or beyond, you know they have to pay KD some attention, whether he's healthy or not. Why do people uh, 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 hate? It seems like the weirdest thing. Once every the party was going so good for Steph Curry, and then once he was the the unanimous regular season MVP, it was like the rug got pulled out on Steph Curry. I watched him last night versus Houston. Yo, he's ridiculous. Steph Curry's ridiculous. And and you know what I think about Steph Curry barring injuries? He's going to play till he's 40 because of his skill set. Like the way he shoots the ball. Like he he did something last night. It was like he was like literally like doing slow motion YMCA games. Do you think that unanimous MVP really like it wasn't the party the Steph Curry party was going. It was great. Everybody loved it. And then unanimous MVP is like, "Wait a minute." No one's ever been unanimous MVP. And it just like they turn against him, and all of a sudden, no one discusses the fact that he's averaging 26 points a game again this year. He's taking a back seat. He didn't care that they brought in uh, arguably arguably a better player. He didn't pout about it. He, doesn't, he just does his thing. He's like, a, like, I think he's such a good you know role model for young players in terms of just being about his business. Yeah. But all of a sudden, no one talks about him as like one of the elite players in the league. And it just happened like that. It's so weird to me. Just like New England, um, they go out and do your job. <laughs> you know, you go out and do your job, and everybody else falls in line. I think that's Steph knows that he's confident. Uh, he's confident in his ability. Right. He's not worried about who they bring in, who's not there. He's going to go out. And he's going to do him. You know, and I think KD being out right now has let him get that. I hate to use this word, uh, his swagger back. <laughs> Got to get my swagger <laughs> you know, back. Yeah, I hate that word. Um, but no, it's just one of them things, man. He he realizes that. He has to be Steph. Right. That, I agree. That that two-time MVP, that unanimous MVP, he realized with KD being out, I have to be me. Right. And when KD comes back, I can still be me. Right. And in order for us to be successful, that's what it's going to have to be. And, and I think he – and that's you, – you, you, um, you hate to see someone go down injury, but but I think for Steph's case, it was a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, for KD being out and him coming back and getting and back to his form. Mm-hmm. All right. We're taking calls. 3104521450. I want to ask you about uh Clay Thompson cuz he's another dude he's just like floating above, uh, below uh the radar. No talk. He you know sometimes he shows up for 50 points. He does these crazy 36 points in one quarter. No one talking about it. Uh uh we'll be right back two man weave. My name is Michael Rapport, Kenya Martin. Uh Rick Camless coming up. 3104521450 if you want to talk to me or Kenya Martin NBA on tune in. Two-Man Weave continues after this on the NBA on TuneIn. 
Hi. Uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, it had this phone number on it, and, well, uh, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah. Hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal near the swing set. Um, just wanted to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. It's now a good time? Nope. Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores you've ever had. In 01, we stayed up all night telling ghost stories with the neighbors. Yeah, I know I've got a bit of wear and tear. And sadly, in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Sparks from an improperly extinguished fire pit can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hi. Uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, it had this phone number on it, and, well, uh, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah. Hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal near the swing set. Um, just wanted to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. 
Stay out of their lane. It's Two Man Weave with Michael Rappaport and Kenyon Martin. Oh, did Martin get that? On the way back down, he tipped in the alley for set play out of the timeout. That might be the dunk of the night. The guy says stay out of their lane. He's not just saying it because it's cute. Stay out of our lane. It's a two-man weave. Kenny Martin, Michael Rappaport. They call him Kmart. Mm-hmm. We were talking about uh, Golden State. And um, I was going to ask you about Klay Thompson. And in the break, yeah. you, you were, I was telling you, I was asking you about Steph. Because yeah. I, I was saying in the, in the last segment that I feel like Steph is sort of like, he's averaging 26 points a game. They just won 60 games for the third season in a row. Steph Curry, like, what, what's the deal with him? What, what are your thoughts on him? What is your take on How competitive is Steph Curry? He's ultra-competitive, man. And you can tell that things that people say or things that he hears through the grapevine, it bothers him. And he's he has that mentality that I'm going to show you. Right. With this play, you know. I'm going to go out. I'm averaging 26. Like, I'm, I, I am two-time MVP. Unanimous. Unanimous, one of those years. You can hate all you want. Don't get it twisted. Right. I still got this thing on the string. Period. And a tube to the rim. Tube. <laughs> you know, so for him to go out and certain things, he's not, I wouldn't say necessarily call it a trash talker. Uh-huh. But certain certain gestures and antics during the course of the game that he might do after he make a long shot or somebody been trying to rough him up and he might make him a nice dribble move or something, look at him a certain way or, you know, like all of that, you know, I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, that, 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 that shows his competitive, competitive nature. You know, it, it comes out, you know, stature is his stat, he's a small person and right. sta- status, but his play is huge, you know, and, and he each always, and every night. And, sorry, Kenyon. You're good, brother. And he, and he always, um, you know, his, his image and who he is, not even his image. You could just tell he's a low key Family dude, you know, his father was a part of the NBA. He gets the what it's like to be yeah. a professional player. He, yeah. You could see that as soon as as soon as he was at Davidson. Yeah. You know, growing up, you know, having your father there, certain people like all these kids that whose father are in the NBA, whether it's a uh, big dog son or Tim Hardaway's son, you know, they they just they're gonna say it's they're not new to it. Yeah, they've been around it. So and From Steph, kids up, yeah, and especially him, and he's he embraces it. He embraces it. He embraces it all, man. Anything that comes his way, good, bad, or indifferent, he embraces it because he understands it, and he's a true professional. And then another another father, uh, another son of an NBA player, Clay Thompson, on his team. You know, I think his career, he got an interesting career because it speaks for itself what he can do. But he's another dude, and 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 I think this is a, a reason why the Warriors continue to have that success. Him. Steph and even Draymond, who, who's who's the mouth of, of 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 the of the three of those guys, that big three, excluding Kevin Durant, like these guys really came into the league young and were like, "Yo, I'm gonna do what I need to do to win." Yeah. Clay Thompson is sort of like the guy in the back of the back because it's it's Steph Draymond because of his he's a great player, he he's the loudest, he's the most vocal, he's the most controversial, and then you sometimes like you forget that Clay Thompson. It's like uh, it's yeah. like the guy on that team. Clay is like the background singer that gets the the solo deal. You know, he's he, he has a great voice in the group, and he keeps the group together. Mm. And people come see him, hear him sing, and this, that, and the third, and they like, oh, we want him. Mm. You know, we I like, the lead singer. He's the loud one. Hey, we want him. Mm. You know, and I think that's what Clay is, man. He's proven that with his play over the years, man. He's a sniper out there. And he's earned everything that he's 
uh, the, everything that's came to him as far as basketball wise, man, and to do some of the things, some of the the accomplishment and number wise that he's done that won't be touched, like thirty seven and a quarter. That's crazy. I had thirty seven for career high. Right. He scored that in a quarter. You know that's hard to do. Like that. Like people think seventy for a game is hard. He scored half of that in a quarter. Yeah, that's nuts. No. 60 points. It took 11 dribbles. Right. In three quarters. Right. You know, like, <laughs> it's impressive. Yeah. Some of the things that this kid has done in short time. And, and he could play D. Lockdown defender. Like, lockdown, both ends. Like, people like Kawhi is probably the best two-way player in the league. I put Clay up there. Just from pure scoring and being able to defend, he always guards the other team's best perimeter player. You know, they protect Steph um, in that aspect, which I get. Um, but now Clay is a force to be reckoned with, man. And they wouldn't be where they are. They, they wouldn't be where they are without his success. Hey, yo, what he did in that Oklahoma City game uh, last year when no one else was doing anything, yeah. that, was, that was nuts. Yeah, and I'm watching the game, and they, he, had, he had been struggling whole game. Right. I forget who was in the – they were in front of Cleveland's bench. And somebody overhelped on the three – on the drive. And somebody overhelped, and they kicked it to the corner of the clay. And he made it. I'm like, oh, that's going to get him going. And that was it. Yeah, and it was down here from there. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Yeah. How long are they going to be able to keep that, those guys together? Now they're, it's a big four. <laughs> and these, all four of these dudes, as 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 uh, unselfish as they've been – I mean, Steph Curry currently yeah. is making $12.5 million. And you got Mike Conley. Yo, Mike Conley's making 33 milli. 33 million. Steph Curry is making 12 and a half. How, how, how are they going to work this out? Like, I mean, from a business standpoint, how, how is this going to work with these four dudes know, to keep might, them together? I don't know. They might have to give Steph some equity in the team. Something. <laughs> He's a free agent off, coming up. Break him off a few percentage points on that team. Um, let him get it on the back end. Lifetime he, contract he or something. something there. He deserves it. Um, if if I had to make a, a, a outlandish statement or whatever you want to call it right now, I think Clay leaves. Wow. Like if anyone of that four or anyone to leave that, what they have going on, I think it's Clay. I, I hear you. I think it's Clay. He um, sacrificed a lot. Yeah, and him and Steph has both Steph has both uh, they both have sacrificed a lot. But it's still Steph Steph arguably still his team. You know, it's still his team, arguably. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if Clay was to go somewhere else, just Lakers, um, mm. I think he would be welcome with open arms. You know, from what he does, um, scoring the ball, shooter can get his own shot, defender. Um, he'll get top dollar. I mean, is he a number one guy on a team? I think so. That that would be such a is change Gabe, for him. Because he's like – He's a Haywood guy. kid. From Utah, he's the number one option on that team, right? I hear you. I think Clay is better than him. Absolutely. Offensively and defensively. I, I totally agree. So, yes, I think Clay is definitely number one guy on the team. Yeah, I mean, and, and he's not even considered the number one guy or the number two guy when you just talk about that team. It's Steph, Draymond, KD, yeah, they KD, say, Draymond, Steph, and it's always and Clay. And Clay, definitely. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, so I love that dude. I love his disposition and, and you know, the unselfishness can't be matched. Um and like he said earlier, hey, I'm not taking the backseat to anyone. You know, this is this is this is Clay talking. Yeah. So he like, hey, I'm not taking the backseat to anyone. I'm right. still gonna play my game. You know, he's the only one of the bunch that's getting the same amount of shots right. from last year. 
Is that right? He's the only one of the the big four, if you want to call it, mm-hmm. that's getting the same amount of shots. That's interesting. You no, know, KD's getting less shots. Right. Steph's taking less shots. Right. Draymond is taking less shots. But clay shots are still consistent. What does that mean? Does it does that mean he just gets open? Like how does that work in yeah, that they system? Run, yeah, they run the same sets for him. And he's getting the same looks, better looks now that you add another score. And teams can't help as much. You know, if you putting excuse me, um Steph and KD in a pick and roll, uh what do you do? Or if you putting Steph and Clay in a pick and roll, what do you do? Uh-huh. You know, so they're the um you pick your poison. You know, right. you're gonna overhelp, you're gonna you're gonna switch it, you're gonna stay home. Like you pick your poison. So but they're running the same sets for um Clay, and he's knocking down the same looks. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Yes. Yo, they need to win the championship, man. We we you know it's it, it seems like so long ago that KD left OKC to Golden State because now we accept him as a warrior. But all the scrutiny, all the craziness. Every time they go to OKC, the yeah, cupcakes. Don't the, yeah, don't let them Warriors fans hear you say that, that people accepted him being a Warrior now. Hey, they don't want to hear that. Yo. OKC don't want to hear that at all still. You know, they still bitter. They need to get that ring. Otherwise, yeah, this, this whole experiment goes to, to nothing. So if they don't win it this year, you think it's a bust? In my opinion, so, yes. They so didn't not, come there to win it. It wasn't like a project. Yeah, so you think it's now or... Are we going to blow it up? Or you no, no, now, no. then next year we get it. Well, okay, we got it next year. If they don't get it this year, you I, think that's the... I de- well, where's he going to go? He can't leave all, all OKC the way he left and then so go... Is, so is it a bigger disappointment winning 73 and not winning it or signing Kevin Durant and not winning it? That is a good question, Kenya Martin. I, that's, that's, I think they're both bad, and I think they're both disappointing. But I think this year, losing the finals, not winning a championship... Even with Kevin Durant being seventy percent, sixty five percent, eighty five percent, whatever the percentage is, it, it'll be it'll be time to start like questioning. I don't see how you could question it because this is like a this is like a, a machine they have there, mm. um, and this is what's going to be so good about the playoffs. We got a caller. Uh, we're taking calls for the rest of the show. Uh, this is Michael Rapport, Kenya Martin, uh, David. You're on the line with Michael and Kenya Martin. Hello, Michael. Hello, Kenya. It's a pleasure to. Talk with you guys anyway. I was going to ask, uh, Washington was one of the best teams to the victory title. Yo, 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 my man. Yo, my man. Yo, my man. Hi, David. Hey yo, hey, yo, Duke, listen. Yo, my man, check this out. Listen, yo, you could call us collect, okay? <laughs> do what you got to do. But you waited on hold, and I appreciate that. But you, you can't call in here like using like the get smartphone, okay? <laughs> this, is, this is a high end show. Can you hear me? I you know what, yo, I got I gotta click you, my man. I gotta click you, and I hate doing it to you. We appreciate your call. I, I hate doing it to you, but yo, you can't be calling up here using like no no bootleg uh, phone, no rotary. bat phone. You got a rotary phone. No trap phone. <laughs> We're not doing all that. Some rotary. This is NBA on tuning. Where where do you think this is? What kind of monkey show you think this is? You gotta call up here. Alright? <laughs> Get, get get your get your connection right. I, I I hated hanging up on you, Duke, but you got to get your whole program right. If you could get your program right, we'll be here. We'll be here. Three one zero four five two one four five zero. His question was: Can the Wizards win the finals? We're going to get into that no. and more. That's it. You answered that quick. No. It's the NBA on tune. We'll come back with Rick Hamler. <laughs> Um, and if you were taking more calls, if you if you want to rock with us, but get your connection right. It's the NBA on tuning. We'll be right back. Tim and Weave will be right back. It's the NBA on TuneIn, your home for the NBA Finals. 
Hi, uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, it had this phone number on it, and, well, uh, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah, hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal near the swing set. Um, just want to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores you've ever had. In 01, we stayed up all night telling ghost stories with the neighbors. Yeah, I know I've got a bit of wear and tear. And sadly, in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Sparks from an improperly extinguished fire pit can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hi, uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, it had this phone number on it, and, well, uh, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah, hi, I think I found your kid's stuffed animal near the swing set. Um, just wanted to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. 
We're back. You're listening to the confrontational front court of Michael Rappaport and Kenyon Martin. Touched beautifully by Kenyon Martin against his old teammate, his old hometown. Kmart takes the air right out of the building. It's two man weave on the NBA on TuneIn. All right, we're back. It's the NBA on TuneIn. Kenyon Martin, Michael Rappaport were joined by Rick Kamla. He's got his own show on TuneIn all over NBA TV. Sort of a basketball savant-ish. Rick, how you feeling? <laughs> Michael, what's up, man? Thanks for coming what on up, Rick? the game today. Kmart, what's going on, my friend? You still got that boy yoing, don't you? Yeah, you know it. Don't lose that. <laughs> so, Rick, well, you still uh, got some jumps left, don't you? Yeah, I got a few in the tank. I'm going to show people this summer. This is big three. Trust me. Nice. How you feeling about the big three team, Kenny? Uh, I'm ready, man. Um, I'm getting in the gym. Like I said, working out a little more. I'm um, revving the workups, workouts up a little bit. Uh, getting my legs up under me. And I'm going to be hanging on people's furniture here in June. Yes. I like that. <laughs> I think that's going to be uh, exciting, are you, man. Are you, are you on Jermaine O'Neal's team? No, I got my own team. It's me and Al Harrington. Al is, I'm the captain. Al is my co-captain. Nice. I love it. Waiting on the draft see who I'm going to pick. Um, so my man, um, my man Mike over here said he's gonna be ready. So we're gonna see what um, in the draft what it look like. Yeah, he thinks it's a joke, Rick, <laughs> that I'm gonna be showing up to the draft. A lot, I, I put I put, I put my uh, my fishing rod out to a lot of people. I've yet to uh, to get any uh, any callbacks, but I will be at the draft. Okay, and I'll be doing jumping jacks, burpees, and I'll, I'll be doing dr- a little dribbling exhibition to show people what I, what I'm made of. You see what I'm saying, Rick? I love it. I love it. Show, show them what's up. You came up a hooper, man. You probably got a little bit of skills. Well, what's your what's your game? Is it the dribble game, the passing game, the rebound game, or the shot? I do a little bit of it all, but but I, I, I'm also good at giving out the, those six hard ones. Okay, the the six six hard ones, uh, those those good flagrants, and and I and I talk a good one too. And, and you know, people go, oh, that's cute. You talk, yeah, I talk a good one. Okay, Rick. But forget about me, Rick. I want to talk to you and Kenya Martin. The final four. This is the basketball lovers. Time of the year. The final four. We're in here with a former Naismith basketball award winner, a wooden award winner, Kenyon Martin. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, it's a great time of year, man. Um, very unfortunate in my college career, I didn't get to play in the final four. Um, but always, um, this is the great time of year. Um, final four, NBA is gearing up for the playoffs. Um, so it's two teams, um, what, three teams that hadn't been. In the final four, what two teams ever? One team hadn't been there since since um, since Skippy was a puppy. Yes, and, Oregon, um, and then UNC. <laughs> um, this is their home in the final four. So, um, who you like, Rick? Boy, um, great question, man. I, I think either Gonzaga or North Carolina are going to win this, and and God bless Oregon and South Carolina. Great runs. Um, if they don't win another game, I think it's been a spectacular year, a breakthrough year for both programs, but. Gonzaga, it was ranked number one. What they win thir- their first thirty games or twenty nine and zero or something like that. Uh, beating good teams, winning on the road, like they proved their might all year. Uh, Clark Kellogg, uh, analyst on, on on TNT and CBS, has called them all year the most balanced team in college basketball. So you have that. Also, um, you know Williams Goss is a stud. Karnowski's a stud. Um, Collins, uh, who I'm seeing mocked in the first round, is a stud. Gonzaga's got 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 badasses this year who have bounce and activity and i feel like i've always seen like just a little bit of a lack of athleticism collectively with gonzaga and i think that's been a problem for them in games i don't see that this year they're all over people uh and then you've got unc who's got this on a mission mentality getting their hearts ripped out last year 
and we've seen so many instances um, in recent years of teams that have had their hearts ripped out and then have come back to win. You think of the Spurs, how they lost to the Heat with the Ray Allen shot. You think of Clemson losing to, to, to Alabama. Um, you know, in, uh, in baseball, you've got the Cubs losing a heartbreaker to the Mets. They come back and get it. The Royals lose Game 7 to the Giants. They come back so the next year and get it. Redemption uh, everybody, yeah, man, everybody here in Atlanta is hoping that the Falcons next year are going to come back <laughs> and, and finish the job. And, uh, and North Carolina has been driven by that. They call it the Redemption yeah. Tour because they got to get this championship. So I, I would pick the Tar Heels at this point. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you in that pick. Kenya, what 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 players? Uh, I would love to hear both of you you guys' uh, opinion on this. I'll go to you, Kenya, first. Yes. What players in the tournament do you have pegged to be NBA? I don't want to use the word stars because I don't see any stars in, in uh-huh. right immediate stars. But what what players made the biggest impression during the tournament? Um, I'm, I'm I'm really a fan of the um, what was the Jackson kid from Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, the other Jackson kid at Kansas, mm-hmm. um, those kids. Um, I like I, I like both of those kids a lot. I like what they've done. Um, I think they made a name for themselves, and I think they're going to be excellent pros. And, and Rick, what do you think? Um, well, first of all, uh, I, I knew Kenyon wasn't going to go with one of these point guards because you know he was a forward. He had the bounce. I, I, <laughs> Josh Jackson. It look he's Kenyon Martin ish. I mean, you mm. Kenyon. Uh, before I answer, I want to bounce back to you on that. Do you kind of feel uh-huh. like? And, and he's a little skinnier than you were, but he's yeah. not skinny. Do you know what I'm saying? He's kind of yeah. like wiry, strong. But what I, Kenny, what I love about Josh Jackson, he's got all the all the it that uh, that, that you you ball players talk about. But he's, I love the fact that he is stamping people on the backboard. Like when they get free baseline and they think they got a layup or dunk, Josh Jackson is like, I got other ideas coming, like south of the free throw line and just blasting that ball against the backboard. Um, you got to love what you're seeing with the athleticism and the ferociousness, right? Yeah, he plays on both ends, and there's not a lot of guys in this day and age. Um, these kids play on both ends, and he competes at a high level. And you can tell that he takes it personal. You know, each each and every time he steps out on the court, he takes it personal, and I think that's what's drawn me to his game. And Rick, I, w- yeah, I you, was you were asked. Sorry, go ahead, Rick. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say it was unfortunate that he got that he got in foul trouble in the Kansas choke in front of their home crowd. I mean, God, it, it talk about a tournament team you can't. Trust, right? Mason's going to be in the NBA. Jackson's going to be in the NBA. Uh, it's just year after year in Kansas. It's yeah. annoying. But uh, yeah, you know, the guys, you know, like I love Lonzo Ball, uh, and and I, I wish his dad weren't like tainting and poisoning this whole thing because he's making people like dislike Lonzo and look at Lonzo some kind of way. Lonzo's just a kid trying to make his way. He's a stud. Um, and look, in in terms of what I love about Lonzo, it's the vision, it's the passing. He's got a wetter. It's awkward, but it goes in. Uh, and especially in the clutch, I mean, all year for UCLA, bam, he splashed threes uh, uh, with that little, like, hop, step-back move, and he just lets it go. Um, why wouldn't that translate to the NBA? I love it when he drives <laughs> to the hoop and just goes boing and just, like, hangs in the air, and he can, like, yeah. like go reverse layup. He can stay on the strong side. Uh, uh, he, he's, he's amazing that way. And uh, I don't know. So I'm, I'm a Lonzo yeah. Ball guy, and I wish his dad weren't, like, totally in the way all the time. Uh, but yeah, some other pick guys some holes like, in his game a little bit. The only ways, uh, only yeah, reason okay. he take that little step back going to the left is that's the only way he can get that shot off. Well, would, that, <laughs> would that work in the NBA, or would guys read that and be all over it? I, I think teams are going to play him. Uh, they're going to force him right, and not um, he can. He's a playmaker going right, but he can't shoot. He can't shoot the ball going um, right. I don't think because it's mm-hmm. hard for him to mm-hmm. get that from that side from dribbling right going to the other side and getting that shot back off, which I think. Teams are going to game plan towards that and get in. 
unless he changes, which is going to be hard to do right now. But his passing is A1, you know, so his passing is definitely, definitely he can get open in that aspect. He plays fast. He's athletic. He gets other guys involved, which is hard to average seven and a half assists in college basketball. So you have to tilt your hat off to that. He's a great talent. Um, like you said, it's unfortunate that he's he's dealing with that other handicap thing that he has going on um, and not <laughs> let his basketball sp- – oh, no, we said we wasn't going to speak about him anymore on this show um, because <laughs> it should be about his son's play. That's what it should be about because um, the kid is a hell of a talent. I agree. I agree. You know, the the, the thing about the, these, these rookies, uh, these freshmen that are – I'm sorry. The thing about these guys going into the NBA that, that are going to be rookies next year – um, and, and that concerns me as a fan, and that bothers me as a fan. And, you know, we talk all season about uh, Russell Westbrook and James Harden and Kawhi scrapping it out for MVP, and there's absolutely no discussion this year. This is the, this is the least I've ever heard, as, as long as I can remember, about who is the, the rookie of the year in the NBA. This is the NBA on TuneIn, okay? Rick Kamla has his own show on the NBA on TuneIn. Rick Kamla's all over NBA TV who is the rookie of the year? Joel Embiid, Dario Sargate on the Sixers, Malcolm Brogdon, Buddy Heald, Jamal Murray. These are the names. Brandon Ingram, no. Marquise Chris, good player. Willie Hernan Gomez, good player. None of these guys, you could go down the list, have made a, a, a true impression on their team as a rookie of the year. Well, what are your thoughts on this, Rick? And my whole sort of beef with the rookie of the year thing and my concern about these one-and-done dudes is like, Rookie of the Year used to be something that you could be proud of. Rookie of the Year used to be a guy who come into the league and, and change the, the dynamic of a team. Out of these guys that I just listed off to you, am I missing anybody? Who Who's the Rookie of the Year, Rick? I'll, I'll go to you first on it. All right, so uh, Michael and Kmart, it's, uh, and by the way, the original Kmart, Kevin Martin, stop calling him Kmart, uh, basketball oh, yeah, no. world. We, we got, we got don't Kmart get right here. No, he got threatened behind that. <laughs> did you threaten him? Damn right I did. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, uh, okay, um, in terms of rookie of the year, Michael, you're right. There's never been less conversation. Uh, it, it, it just it hasn't been a compelling race. Joel Embiid, like, ran away with it, right, and then got hurt. And he, he ends the season with amazing stats, uh, returns the, um, the oomph and the competitiveness to Philadelphia, gets basketball back on the, back on the map uh, pro-wise in Philadelphia. And, uh, it, but he's played 31 games, so he's can't he, uh, 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 rookie of the year to a guy who played 31 games. Um, I'll get back to that in a second. To me, number two is clearly Dario Saric, um, mm-hmm. who has helped me get into uh, the championship round of one of my fantasy basketball leagues. That's how mm. good he's been. Guys, since he took over, since Embiid went down and he moved into that power forward role, he's been 18-7-3, and three, which is okay. amazing. But, like, we're talking about, like, two months now that he's been doing that. Uh, had 23 uh, last night as they beat Brooklyn. He's a stud. Um, mm. I love Dario Sarge. And a lot of those other players, look, last year's draft was a developmental draft. It wasn't an instant gratification draft. I think this year's draft is going to be an instant gratification draft for a lot of these guys. Like, Malik Monk is going to go to a team and instantly help that team. He's yes, a he stud. Will. I love yes, Malik Monk. Um, yes. But who's my rookie of the year? i got to give it to Embiid. Even playing 31 games. Really? Um, wow. and, and, and here's why. Here's why. He almost made the all-star team. He was probably the number one all-star snub in the Eastern Conference. And if you're sniffing all-star, I'm going to give you rookie of the year. I got to disagree with you on that, Rick, man. I, I, it's hard for me, man, to to say that a guy is a rookie after he's been got drafted three years ago. Right. 
You know, that's 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 tough to ignore. He's like 27. Like that that is hard for me to ignore. Like you've been in the NBA getting your body ready. Like you've been lifting and doing other things. You just haven't played. Mm. You know, so physically you you're really not a rookie. You know, you, you just haven't played 82 games yet. You know, but he did play well when he was out there. I'm not taking anything away from that. He was a dominant force, like you said. He helped bring basketball back to fill in for people to have something to be proud proud of and cheer about. I get that. But 30 games? Yeah, I and, agree. And the game that you were available, they set you out some games. Right. And I understand they're trying to protect you, many restrictions and this, that, and the third. But that's that's tough to, for you to only play 30 games and other guys have played more games and maybe done more for their team you know, the, the, uh, than, than just the 30 games. But – I wish him nothing but the best and nothing but the success moving forward, but he's in his third year, Rick. It's not a rookie. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, this is the thing. This is the thing about the rookies, and, and and I'm looking forward to 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 this draft class and guys that coming in that are ready to to play in the NBA and not projects. Um, and I think Brandon Ingram is the perfect example, you know, to go so high in the draft and just to clearly not be physically ready. And obviously, he's talented and guys like that that are just not ready to play basketball. Rick, let me ask you a question. Gun to your head right now, knowing everything you know about Kevin Durant's health, knowing everything you know about LeBron James, knowing every single thing you know about basketball in the NBA. Here's two questions. Who's the MVP and who's going to win the NBA Finals? Who's the MVP of the regular season, which I think is such a joke that we discuss it so much, and who's going to win the the, the, the NBA Finals? championship right now based on everything you know on the reports on Kevin Durant yeah uh okay first of all the MVP and and Michael we talked about this on my radio show today in Atlanta I think it's Russell Westbrook and Mm. uh, it and it is look it is stat driven I'm going to be perfectly honest with you guys but I was a history major at the University of Minnesota uh don't brag Rick you don't got to brag no no look it was it was such an easy major. I was like, what layup? Yeah, this is my major. Uh, and I like, <laughs> like learning. No, it was. I mean, history just came easy to me. I mean, it's just just stories from the past that you have to memorize and regurgitate on essays. I mean, give me a break. I mean, that yeah, that's all day for me. You give me anything hard like, you know, math, chemistry, biology, forget about it. I get an F in that stuff. But uh, whose MVP is Russ? I think to, to go, and I think he's going to play all 82. To average a triple-double over 82 games in today's game, to me, is staggering, mind-blowing. They're going to almost win 50 games. So that's my my condensed take on Russ, and I love Harden, and I think it's a coin flip. And if Harden wins, I'm going to be really happy for him. It's it's one of those deals. Like, I kind of wish it could be co-MVP this year because it's neck and neck. Um, And who's going to win it all? I got Cleveland, man. I think they're going to get healthy. They're going to start vibing again. Um, I think they're bored as hell right now. I think they're like just looking broke at their watch heart. like, dude, could we get to the playoffs already? Mm. So I think Cleveland's going to be fine. I think their overall depth is going to be the difference as they beat the Warriors. Wow. What What do you th- What have you heard? What's the word on the street about uh, Kevin Durant? Like, I know, like, as we were doing the show, reports are coming in. Well, what's the deal with Kevin Durant? I mean, who knows? You know, you see him kind of working out on the court before games. And he's running yeah, in, I work out on the bit. court. <laughs> I, I mean, I think he's coming back. I don't think Kevin Durant's going to be out for the year, um, and I don't think it's necessarily going to be a Carl Malone situation from 03-04 with Scott Williams fell on his leg and he hyperextended his knee, and my theory all along has been that he tore his ACL and the Lakers didn't want to tell anybody about it. 
Uh, and I don't know that. I could be wrong about that. That's my personal hoop head speculation. But we saw Carl miss several weeks and then come back, and it, he was like limping around the court. I mean, it was like, God, you felt so bad for Carl Malone. Um, and then, of course, he lose to the Pistons. The whole thing just kind of fell apart. It, it had been too many straight trips to the finals in a row um, for that group. Rick Fox has told me that. He said we were just out of gas in that NBA finals against Detroit. Um, right, Rick, I Rick, Rick. Overall, I forget my overall point there, but anyway. No, tomorrow. it's an overall point. It's so fantastic. So you say Cleveland is going to win it. They're, they're shutting us down. This is the NBA on tune, and that was Rick Kamla, <laughs> Michael Rapport, Kenyon Martin, two-man weave. We're out. Thanks, we're for, out. thanks for joining us, Rick. Sorry to cut you off. You've been listening to Two Men Weave with Michael Rappaport and Kenyon Martin right here on TuneIn. You're listening to the NBA on TuneIn. Listen like you mean it.